Here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jowell, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. Thanks for checking out podcasts. I really appreciate everybody's been listening. Special shout out to Naya Kennedy, the queen of all heels. She was on the show last week, and it was really fun talking to her about her wrestling career and everything she's been doing since transitioning into the manager aspect of wrestling. If you didn't hear that episode, go back and check it out. Really appreciate her coming on. This episode here, really excited about this one. We got my man from Digital Underground, Raw Fusion, the one and only Money B. We talked to Money be about his career with Digital Underground, Raw Fusion, Knowing Tupac, everything he's doing now on Instagram, and make sure you follow him at moneyb69 on Instagram. Every week on his IG Live, you could hear him talking to all kinds of cats in the game, like Casual, Prince Markety from the Fat Boys, so much. So definitely check him out and also get that merch, dumerch.com and 90stees.com. Make sure you cop your Digital Underground t-shirts at dumerch.com. There's a little bit of Star Wars news I want to get into. I'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. But right now, let's go ahead and let's get this started. Talk to Money B. As always, you can hear the Infinite Banter Podcast on all digital platforms like Apple Podcasts, Blueberry, Spreaker, Mixcloud, Google Play, CastBox, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. Follow the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter. I'm also on there at DJ Soundway 75. That's the same for Instagram at DJ Soundway 75. Also at Infinite Banter Podcast on Instagram, Facebook at Infinite Banter. YouTube channel, just type in Infinite Banter. It is there. All right, let's go ahead and get this started. Started. Let's talk to my man Money B. But this show never starts until you hear from the one and only, the legend himself, DMC. Yo, DMC, let them know what they're listening to. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K I N G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I B, Infinite Banter. All right, before we talk to Money B, let's go ahead and play a song from Digital Underground's first album, Sex Packets. And this right here is Sound of the Underground. And on this one, Money B does all the lyrics. So definitely check them out on this one. One and only Money B after this song right here. This here is Sound of the Underground from Digital Underground's first record, Sex Packets, on the Infinite Banter Podcast. Underground. 
insane like a bad dream deeper and deeper i fall into the rhyme scheme it's like another world as the beat goes on to the underground sound and i'm a pawn it moves me i lay low when they open the gate i pounce and yell checkmate checkmate on the track that shows you and your boys the definition a super stupid crazy noise but you know what you did oh i see you think you lost cause you got a big posse keep this before you assume i'm only one foot soldier and sleuth Glorious and glorious headlines of legends entertainment. And when I'm not out in Jersey sitting there, press gouging on these kookamonga masks, rolling a blunt with no hands, doing 180 blindfolded, and the 2020 GT53 Benzo, I'm out in Chicago banging that Infinite Banter podcast. What's poppin', Pippin? You're tuned in to the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolf, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave, and I am joined by, you know, one of the most distinct voices in hip-hop. You know him from Digital Underground, Raw Fusion. He's got his own show on YouTube, The Going Way Back Show. You can see him on IG Live talking to legends in the game like Prince Marky D and Casual. The one and only Money B is in the building. What's going on, Money? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for talking on the show here. really appreciate it. Right off the top, I have to ask, you know, talk about how you got started with Digital Underground and Shock G and how you guys all met and just take us through the history of how you got started in the game you know i actually started you know just before that with uh, dj fuse 
a partner, Mac Moan. We were a group called Raw Fusion. You know, it was just about getting yourself out of there. Out there, we were shopping demos and, and doing every talent show or showcase that we can get involved with. And at the very same time, right around 1988, there was a group, Digital Underground, that were promoting their single, Underwater Rhymes and Your Life's a Cartoon. And we crossed paths a few times. Um, eventually, they needed a DJ. And Fuse was the best at the time. And we kind of just all put it together. So, you know, you fast forward to 1989, Do What You Like drops. Very next year, Sex Packets and the Humpty Dance drops. And the rest is history. Right. Yeah. Classic album. You know, what was it like meeting Shock that first time? Did you, was the Humpty Hump gimmick even there yet? Or was he still kind of working on it? Nah, there was no Humpty at the time. But Shock has, from the day one that I'm, from day one that I met him, he was a character, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, just, he was different from anybody that was in my neighborhood at the time, you know, because he <laughs> came from Tampa Bay by way of New York. And he's, Probably, you know, he's about six years older than me. So he just really wasn't like he was different from my normal friends. So when he came to meet me and Fuse, you know, even my mom was kind of looking back and down the hallway like, who is this? You know, him <laughs> and him and Chapter Chop Master J, because he didn't look like any of my friends. It looked like some, you know, like, who is this? Who are these people? And why are they here for my son? So it's funny that you mentioned that because, like I said, from day one, he's just he's, he stood out and it was definitely a character. And he's been consistent because he's always been a free thinker. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was on another level and he had that kind of parliament vibe when it came to Digital Underground and everything. Talk about how you met Fuse then, since you guys go back even further than Digital Underground. Uh, how long did you know him? I've known Fuse since um, probably like around 84, 85. Is when I first met him. You know, and I met Fuse kind of through breakdancing, you know, back, like I said, 84, 85. Oh, you used to break? Was, yeah, I used to break. You uh, still can? Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Getting older, right? Yeah, I don't know if the body can move like that. Um, <laughs> trying to keep up, but, you know. That's so, what the, yeah, so the beast stood remember, for, right? Breaking, right? Yeah. <laughs> I used to see Fuse, like, just on the on the breakdancing and and popping scene, you know, whatever you want to call it, electric boogaloo, strutting, whatever. But, you know, he always stood out, you know, because he was a white guy that was that was pretty good. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so we we recognized each other when we would see each other like at these little breakdance battles or, you know, the scene where everybody used to go. You know, you see somebody and you say, What's up? just because you've seen his face before. And then you fast forward to nineteen eighty six. Um I was doing a demo at at my guy uh CJ Flash, who's who's on radio in the Bay Area, Almighty CJ Flash, but we we were classmates in ninth grade. He was like, I got a guy that can that that you should let put some scratches on it. And I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, I'm gonna call my guy Dave over. And when he walked through the door, I was like, oh shit, I know you. And he's like, I know you. And <laughs> we were a team ever since. Yeah, Raw Fusion, and then of course working guys at Digital Underground, just uh, some classic material. We got to talk about Sex Packets. That whole album, man, it still holds up. Just a banger. Talk about some of your favorite joints on there. I mean, Freaks of the Industry, that one right there is just crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, Freaks of the Industry is probably one of my favorite digital underground Full disclosure, I didn't know who Vanessa Del Rio was until I heard that song, just so you know. So you guys schooled me on her. Yeah, so it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was an educational record. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Because it was a, the only multiple choice album I ever heard in my life. So, yeah. Yeah, we, had to, we, we felt like we needed to educate the youth. It was important. 
Yeah, man. I mean, that was the vibe. That's what we was on. You know, um, it 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 felt good making it, even though the version that was on the album isn't the original version. But we just it was it was fun making the record, writing the record. I just remember the process of how we how we made the record, and also the fact that we had to re-record it because we couldn't get the original samples cleared and not really knowing because we were so used to the original version which was much slower and the original versions are are in the world you know we we, we put out right. if you have the, the the promo 12 inch it has the the diana ross version and the george benson version and those are the george samples Benson's that were hard to clear you said yeah yeah those were the samples we couldn't clear and when we did the diana summers version we had we sped it up you know and i didn't believe that it would i didn't believe people would like it as much just because i was so used to hearing the slow version and i thought man it's not gonna you know <laughs> it was good now it's now it's messed up but it turns out that was the it was that was the perfect version and the perfect speed and the perfect vehicle for the world to hear money be for the first time you know what i mean yeah and man. that's kind of like my introdu- introduction to the world because you know I'm only on about three or four songs on the first album vocally. You know, I was I was I was involved in the process of making the whole record, but vocally I'm on maybe like three or four songs, I think. And four or five, I don't know. But I just know that <laughs> that was that was the song that became popular that I was on first. You know, because there was there was I mean I was on Do What You Like, but sparsely, right? You know, I had four bars here, four bars here, two bars here. Da, da, da. I was spread out throughout the record. But Freaks of Industry was the first one when I got to spin a whole verse. You know, even though it was 12 bars, people got to hear me like continuously for the first time. And once it became popular around the country as we toured and traveled and people go, I, I know that voice. That's the guy. You're the guy on that song. Right. And I was like, oh, shit. So that was like almost like the arrival for me. What was it like within Digital Underground? Because I'd imagine there's so many cats in that group. Was there like competition and getting time on songs? Like you just said, you weren't on every record. But was it like, you know, I want to get on this one or I want to get on this one? How did that work out where you would get on a song and maybe you weren't on another one? Well, at the time, and kind of like throughout the process, throughout our career, it's always, it's, it was never a competition to get on as many records as you could. Because remember, throughout the history of Digital Underground, everybody that, that was pulled into the group also had a solo project that they were working on. Right, kind of like Wu-Tang before Wu-Tang. Yeah, so everybody had their own thing. So it was kind of like we were just available whenever Shock needed us, you know? So we weren't like clamoring to get on records. It was just like, Shock went, hey man, can can you do something on this one? And we were like, sure, like, no problem. You know, and and the only time I ever was like, I need to be on this record was um, Kiss You Back. And Shock wasn't sure if it was too popish, meaning... You know, is it hip hop enough? Like, was it too R? No, he had, he thought it might be too R and B ish. Oh, gotcha. You right. know, and wanted to kind of stick to the. You know, he wasn't sure about it how how the hip hop community would would accept it. And me being like the youngest and and probably the the, the hip hop head of the group, and I was like, dude, if you don't let me on this record, I'm a hurt somebody <laughs> so that was like that was like so then it kind of like you know my mind gave him the confidence he's like if mun thinks it's hip-hop then it must be all right you know what i mean like he i'm sure he loved the record and he thought it was dope he wouldn't have made it right but he just was questioning whether or not the hip-hop what the hip-hop community would think and 
the fact that I was loving it so much that I wanted to be on the record, you know. Stamp maybe, of approval right there, right? Yeah, ma- yeah, maybe yeah. stamp of approval, like, you know what I mean? But that's the only time I ever remember asking or suggesting that I, I need to be on a record. Other than that, it was kind of like just being available. And if he needed me, I was there. But it was always Shock's brainchild. So he had the final say and we were we were there to support it. And he used everybody's, you know, all of our vocals kind of like instruments. You know, this part needs a horn. This part needs a a a, a piano solo or or a bass riff. That's kind of like how he saw all of us as voices in the group. He's like, man, this needs to be a, a raspy or a sexy voice right here. So right. blah, 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 you get on this part. Oh, I need a tough, I need a real rugged, I need a rugged vocal to get this point across. And that's how it, it worked. And you got to talk about the song that you got your spotlight on, Sounds of the Underground, and that one right there. And you'll hear it in this podcast. Talk about making that record. You've got your chance to show throughout the whole song that what Money V can do on the mic. Well, that was, that was uh, we recorded that by coincidence, meaning that we had a session and we show up to the session and we find out <laughs> because of legal reasons, <laughs> Shot was not going to make it to the session. So the session was already booked. Oh, I see. And so we just had time and Shock wasn't going to make it. You know, he had got held up. And so the engineer's like, what you guys going to do? And we were like, fuck it. Let's do one of our songs. You know what I'm saying? It was a Raw <laughs> Fusion song that we had. And it just so happened to be called Sound of the Underground. Like, we didn't write it for the album, I don't believe. It was a Raw Fusion song. And we recorded it thinking that, okay, at least, you know, I believe it was the first time that me and Fuse had access by ourselves to a 24-track, two-inch tape studio to just do what we wanted to do. And so we used the time thinking, all right, that was fun. You know, Shock's probably not going to use that. Right. (laughs) Or if anything, maybe at some point we'll get to figure out how we could use it for our thing once we do it. And, you know, the next session he came in, like, what did you guys do? And we played it. And he was like, oh. And somehow I found its way on the, on the uh, I think it's on the, is it on the cassette version? I think it's on the, I looked it up, it's on the cassette version, but not the LP version, right? Yeah, it's not on the CD, it's on the cassette. And, and, and I think it's because, you know, there's another record uh, that Shock did that was kind of, that didn't make it on the CD, but it's on the cassette, or I forget what it's on. It's the one when he's rapping over the um, Olympics sample. Doom, do doom, doom, do doom, do doom, do Oh, that's uh. Dun, dun, what's up, what's dun, that dun, one? I gotta go dig uh, up my tape or my uh. I got the vinyl. I don't have the CD. Yeah, it's on the C. It's on the. I thought it was on the cassette. Those two are on the cassette or whatever. But I know that CDs were new for all the kids listening. CDs, <laughs> right? Were just being introduced, right? But they were they were they were more expensive. But they, you know, also were advertised as having the greatest quality, and it was this new thing. But they still wanted to sell cassettes. So they they offered, you know, these bonus songs on the cassettes to get you to one, you know, to make sure because there was a reason to still buy cassettes. And two, possibly you would even think about buying the cassette and the CD because you wanted the quality of the CD. True. But also you wanted to get those extra songs that were on the cassette. So it was just a marketing tool that was used to get people to buy one or the other. And it's funny because in my mind, I always forget that that song was even on the record because 
I think I had to, I did have the cassette, but I have the CD of it. I have an original CD and it doesn't have the song on it, I don't think. So I always forget that it was on there. I was like, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I needed a cassette for my Walkman, you know, when I'm going to right. school or whatever. So that's why the cassettes really mattered. I remember like LL Cool J's Walking with the Panther had like five extra songs on it that were not on the CD version. So just like you're talking about with Sex Packets, you got that extra bonus depending on which format you bought. Right. So... Talk about the Humpty Dance, how that thing was just like crazy. How like even to this day, I'm sure you get asked about it all the time. How big that song got and what it did for the group as a whole. Shit, Humpty Dance, it, it, it changed all of our lives, right? It was, it was, uh, it, it, it hit the world by a storm. You know, when we made it, we thought it was a great song. You know, but just because it's a great song doesn't mean it's going to be a hit record. You know, in the eyes of 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 the world. You know, shout out to Tommy Boy. They they got it out there the way it was supposed to get out there. And it was just something fresh and new, and it, it, it took the world by storm. And it ended up, you know, selling. I don't know where it's at now, but I know it was by not, you know, in the 1990, it was double platinum, you know, and that was that kind of put us on the map. And what did you yeah. first think of the whole Humpty Hump, you know, gimmick persona when he started pulling that out? Were you like, what? This is bugged out. What are you doing? You're just like a pimp with like, you know, uh, you know, uh, the nose, eyeglasses. Was it like crazy to you or did you guys get it right away? I kind of got it right away because remember I told you I was introduced to Shock. He was he was a character even in the introduction. And as soon as you get to know him and you become part of the group, you're also introduced to these other characters like Blow MC Blowfish and oh, right. Rack, Rackadelic, you know, a few other personas that he had even before Humpty Hump was invented. And so when he was like, okay, this is going to be the guy that does this, and he kind of, you know, mimicked it, I was like, for sure, let's do it. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't in no way or shape that I ever go against the grain of that because I, I got it. It was just something new. And I was like, why not try it? You know what I mean? And I remember when I first saw that Shock and Humpty were the same dude, I was like, Seriously, I, did, I didn't catch it right away. Were a lot of people surprised when they found out that it was not two separate dudes? Were a lot of people surprised? Um, Spoiler, by the way. And they're yeah, not two. <laughs> it's I mean, the same dude. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, even to this day, people still argue that. And just the fact that we were able to to kind of string people along for so long is just amazing to me. So it's kind of like, you know, Humpty Hump is a character like Batman, right? So <laughs> you go. we always... We always had someone that, that could play it, even from day one. Sometimes his, um, Shock's brother, Kent, would play him. He had two of his other friends, you know, in different 8x10s or photo shoots or even even in the same song video. I was about to ask about that uh, one, yeah. His 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 brother, in a few scenes, his brother is Humpty Hump because his brother looks like him. So we kind of, we were, it was fun to be able to like to pull off this, this, facade that it was two people but you know you either believed in the character or not so even when you we know that batman's not real but batman is real wait a minute are you serious batman's you know not real money b <laughs> yeah, but, but 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 he is real meaning like there's a batman like he exists so when you see right batman on television the cartoon you'd be like what's on it's, it's batman and it's the character that we we believe in we know that that's when we see the cape that's batman so, you know, whether it's played by, you know, whoever through the years or even 007, James Bond. Right. You know, Roger Moore or whoever else played him back in the day to the guy who's playing him now. 
he even it looks different every time, but it's still 007. It's still James Bond. We know how he acts. We know what he does. We know he drinks martini, shaking nuts third, you know, with the women. Same thing with Humpty Humpty. <laughs> right. It's always, you know, you see the nose, you see the clothes, and you see the hoes. You know, it's, it's Humpty Hump. <laughs> there it is. In a Humpty you know mobile, right? Exactly. <laughs> I could see him on top of a building looking down, you know, trying to stop somebody from committing a crime you know Humpty Humps uh, he's a he's a neighborhood superhero that we didn't know about so Word. there it is <laughs> you brought up same song and that video was crazy you know it's with the movie nothing but trouble you guys have Dan Aykroyd in there but the main thing about mm-hmm. that song of course was the introduction to most of us to Tupac talk about that record right. and you guys must have been geeked because you knew that this guy was going to come out and it was just going to be like game is over this dude is just going to kill it and everybody's going to see how good Tupac is yeah I mean he would he was he'd already been touring with us and he was kind of gaining a name for himself throughout the industry as this, you know, who's this young guy with digital underground that could freestyle like a motherfucker. And he just had this, this charisma and character about him. And, you know, had, even if he hadn't been on that record, he was going to get a deal. He was going to come out eventually because he was making the right, he was networking while he was on the road. He was making the right connections. He was, every time he got a chance to, to showcase his talent, he would do it and he would do it in an overwhelmingly dope fashion. And, um, so when the, when it was time to record this record, we just got off tour and, you know, we, we got presented with the chance to do, do the song shop. You know, he sent all of the MCs in the group because at that point, Tupac was a member of Digital Underground. Right. So why wouldn't he be on the record? So I was like, you know, I'm going to do these eight. This is eight for Humpty. Money B, here's your eight. Here's your spot. Tupac, here's your spot. He handled it. You know, it was it was it was that. But it was an alley-oop to have him not even knowing to have him be like uh, the last person on the record, you know, like the, to, to close it out. Yeah. And then even in the video to have him dressed up, you know, be the African King. Right. Which, which he, he resisted initially. Cause he was like, well, I gotta be the African King, you know, cause my name is Tupac, but uh, it was funny. It ended up being, being fitting all the way around for the introduction to who the world would, would come to know. Tupac Shakur. Yeah, I remember when that verse came out, I was just like bugged out, like, who is this dude? And like, that was it. As soon as Tupacalypse Now came out, of course, he's in Juice, like he just, everything just kept getting bigger and bigger for Tupac. What was it like the first time you met Tupac? Uh, was it right before you guys recorded those records or? No, 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 no. I met Pac, like, we met him in like 88. You okay, know, so you knew him a while, right? okay. Yeah, he was in a group that was signed to TNT Records, which is the same label we were signed to and managed by Adrian Gregory. So, you know, they were around recording their demo while we were recording Do What You Like and recording Sex Package, you know. So they were they were on the scene and, and Pac was my age and, and we had similar interests such as hip hop and women <laughs> kicking it. <laughs> so he would be around him and Ray Love. You know, Ray Love is probably a little bit younger, so he didn't get to hang as much and probably have a, maybe a stricter structure in his household that didn't let him just go and do whatever he wanted to do all the time but pop you know he was he was he was in the streets so he used to come around and my crib was in the hood and i had the equipment and so when he used to come to oakland he'd always come by it was just like that we were friends even before he was in the group you it, know? and you knew he could you know was that good vocally way before any of us ever would have of course because you knew him since 88 so he was was he rhyming back then too right you said he was with another group yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's how that's how I met him through the rap. He, you know, he auditioned to be signed to the label, and I was at one of the auditions, and 
you know, we all, you know, also remember back then hip hop was still young, right? So if you had anybody that had a passion and love for for hip hop, it was kind of like an instant camaraderie, right? Because we all loved this music and we all wanted to do it. We all respected the culture and we all wanted to kind of make our way in it. So just in that, you know, everybody around you that was doing the music, you kind of, it was a mutual kind of respect and we all understood what we were all trying to do for the most part. Yeah, one of my favorite records you guys did together, you, Above the Law, Tupac, was Call It What You Want. That one is one of my favorite posse cuts. Uh, talk about that joint, man. That was another record that kind of happened by accident, meaning that initially they wanted me and Shock G to be on that record, you know, because it had like the parliament funk sound, right? Right. And they, you know, they knew Digital All Around was all about the funk. And we were, you know, obviously we were in Oakland in the Bay Area, but they were in LA, so we had to go down. And when I went down, I went down early because I knew the guys. They were my friends beforehand. And I went down to hang out maybe a day early, and I had Tupac with me. And I had found out through management that Shock wasn't coming down. He wasn't going to make it. And so I was like, you know, why don't y'all let Tupac get on this record? And they were like, yeah, but, you know, what's up with Shock? And then when I finally told them Shock wasn't going to make it, they were a little disappointed and apprehensive because right. they didn't really know Pac like that. But, you know, I said, just give him a shot. And he busted. And they loved it. Yeah, that and, first verse. Yep, he laid it. And then, of course, one of the all-time classic Tupac records, I Get Around with you and Shock G on it. I always think of Diamond and Nickel when I think of your verse. Uh, talk about making that record, man. Once again, that was that was Tupac's record. It was near the end. You know, he, he had a deadline to turn in his album and he was already living in LA at the time. So he sent the tapes, the two inch tapes up to the Bay for it. Cause Shock made the beat to, you know, record our parts and send them back. And, you know, I've always been a, a big fan of dope ad libs. You know, if you listen to freaks of the industry, you know, I'm always like, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and all that shit in the background. That was my thing, but that's an influence of groups like, um, you know, the Jungle Brothers or even, you know, the Treacherous Three or the Phyllis Four that I always listen to. They always would play off of each other, right? So I was big on that. So when Shot did his verse, which he, Tupac actually helped write that verse, you know, and to tell you the truth, I actually, I ad-libbed through the whole record. Those are just the ones that he used. Right. You know, I thought I had some dope ones for Pac as well, but, but I think to keep it consistent since me and shock were in this one verse together just to keep it digital contained into this one verse and let pop do what he wanted to do on the rest of the song you know in hindsight made sense yeah it's an all-time right. classic you throw that record on right now and heads will go crazy that's still an all-timer yeah it does it does you're talking about some of your influences who did you grow up listening to like back in like 84 85 when you start to get into it who were you listening to mostly back then well like i said you know i like the jungle brothers well back in 84 85 or if you want to go back to 7980, you know, it was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. There you go. Uh, Treacherous Three, Spoonie G, you know, all of the Sugar Hill um, artists. Then it was the Fearless Four, the Fresh Three MCs. Then, you know, then you go to West Coast and it was Egyptian Lover and um, King T and shit, Nucleus. It would jam on it. <laughs> there it all is. All of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then obviously, you know, when... Rock him and EPMD and and I was a huge huge Run DMC fan and LL Cool J. Yeah, like Run DMC were like gods to me when I was young. Ultimate, you know, Fat Boys, Run DMC, LL Cool J, Beastie Boys. You know, I just that golden era. All of those, yeah. yeah, all those guys. Big Daddy Kane, huge Big Daddy Kane fan. 
Special Ed. Special Ed is actually going to be a guest on my show next week. Really? Way back show. Oh, man. Yeah. One of the all-time classic lyricists right there. Yep, yep, yep. When you guys went on tour, uh, did you go on tour with any of those kind of groups that you mentioned? Yeah, our first um, U.S. tour was with Big Daddy Kane, Queen Latifah. I want to say Kim Play. I'd have to look that up. You know, I've just seen a, a, a poster uh-huh. of one of those shows back in the day. And it had, it was Queen Latifah, oh, third base. Queen Latifah, third base, Big Daddy Kane, and Digital Underground were the main consistent acts on that tour. And then, you know, depending on the region, you know, other groups would jump on like um, Young and, was it called? Young and the Restless out of Miami. They had uh, uh, Chill Rob G. We did some shows on the uh-huh. East Coast with him. Yeah, man. I kind of forget some of the other ones, but, you know, then we did the, the Public Enemy Tour, which was with Ken Play, Kwame, Two Live Crew, Queen Latifah, um, Heavy D and the Boys. That's a versatile show. You got a little bit of everything in that one that you just mentioned. Word. Yeah, it was in those how the tours were back then. I saw you guys perform twice. Uh, once in '99, once in like I think it was 2003 here at Cubby Bear in Chicago, right across the street from Wrigley Field. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, I know the Cubby Bear. We did that a few times. Yeah, you guys. It's one of the most exciting, most fun shows I've ever been to, man. What do you guys remember about doing shows in places like Chicago or anything like that? I remember one year we performed at the Cubby Bear, and I remember it was right around NBA playoff time. Because I just remember sitting in the bar at the Cubby Bear, watching TV. And then another time, I remember, I'm not sure if you were at this show, we performed at the Cubby Bear, and the guys from Crucial Conflict were there. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh We put them on stage, and those are my guys, you know, uh, Cold Art and them. So, you know, I've always maintained a great relationship with those guys. And the cats from, um, do you want to ride in the backseat of the caddy? Do or die, do or die. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. The cats from do or die, yeah. Godfather from do or die was in the house. So those were good times. Like I said, I, I, I actually had a sweatshirt from the Cubby Bear that I used to wear for a little bit. Man, I remember I got drenched yeah. with champagne or something. I think Shock was on stage. He was shaking it up mm-hmm. and, uh. I think there were condoms thrown out. I don't remember. I just remember it was wild, man. <laughs> yeah, we should do the thing. Crazy. Speaking about Tupac again, uh, the All Eyes on Me movie, you got a chance to be in it, playing yourself. Talk about what it was like to be in that movie and, uh, you know, play that oh. part. We relive all those, you know, all those stories and times that uh, Tupac had. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was an amazing, amazing time. And it was an amazing experience, just like you said, to, to relive and see these sets and these scenes that were rebuilt to look like the places and the things that we that we did and they were you know they were dead on just the the and to be a part of it like you know semi-consultant on the film so you know I they would ask me like well, you know is this how you guys used to dress and is it what you were wearing and I'd be like nah not like that or no we used to dance like this and you know helping uh Demetrius Ship who played Tupac help him out he'd ask me questions and you know it was just it was it was great. It was a great time. It was a dope experience, you know, just to be a part of it, to try to help bring that to life. Yeah, it was a really well done movie. And uh, I'm guessing got your stamp of approval, you know, being in it, getting to play yourself. You know, that's uh, as, as, a, as a fan, it was really cool to see, you know, how things were for him, you know, with the all his life. And you could do like a whole series about him. I mean, not just a 90 minute movie, but uh, yeah, I thought they did a really good job. How did you feel? It Was it basically uh, legit? Like it felt like it was telling his story really well? As as well as they could. I mean, yeah. they basically re- remade the story according to Tupac's words, you know, and obviously to try to put his entire life in two hours was, you know, 
a lot. It's always <laughs> going to be hard. Right. And with, with movies, you know, anytime you do a movie, you have to take some liberties for it. Entertainment, entertainment wise, entertainment value, right? So I'll say that to say that, you know, anybody that that says, no, nah, that didn't happen exactly like that, you know, there are movies that things happen exactly like it really happened. And those movies are called documentaries. Correct. Because that's the only way that it's going to be exactly, you know, because you documentary is, is filming the real life of it. You're seeing it. But when you do a movie, you have to you have to give the information, but you also have to entertain. So, you know, I'll give you a for instance, you know, in the movie, Tupac's manager was played by one person. Right. But but all of us that were there, we know that he had several managers, but you couldn't just introduce a new manager every every scene in the movie because it would just look, you know, you'd be always wondering who's that guy, because then you'd have to explain that this is the manager. So they put all of the things that that each of the managers did in one character. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It, it, the movie would take forever. <laughs> keep introducing yeah. new ones, like you said. Yeah, that would have been too much. You can't keep introducing. Nah. But it was, it was, you know, but all of those managers were on set helping to mold this one manager character. You feel me? Right. And, and that was it. You know, like in another, for instance, you know, there are, in the movie Digital Underground, we're in, you know, several scenes, right? Just say if it was four scenes in the movie that had Digital Underground to kind of get that story in there. Same thing. There in real life, there were instances that happened that they showed in the movie that I wasn't present. But in order to establish that we were Digital Underground, they put me in shock in every scene that Digital Underground was in to establish he was with the group. You feel me? Right. And I'm sure you didn't mind being in more scenes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was... I, I wasn't going to stop that. Right. <laughs> you know, there's so many aspects of his life that they could do. And they have done. They did the series that came out last year, you know, about the, the murder. Man, and everything. I know, I know personally that there are several Tupac projects that are coming. Oh, really? In the near future. Any that you could you speak know, on I, at I all? Or? No, okay. Nah, I can't really speak on them, but you know, some I may be involved in some, I know other people are doing, but you know, Tupac, he affected so many people. Like, you know, just imagine there, you know, if, if, if Tupac, I don't know that this ever happened, but if Tupac ever got somebody pregnant and had to deal with Tupac, maybe they got an abortion, maybe they didn't, or maybe they lost, whatever that is, that person could tell a story and make a movie about the experience of interacting with Tupac behind possibly having his baby. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And it wouldn't conflict with or interfere with anybody else's movie because it's her story. Right. The same way that if I ever wanted to, I could make a, 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 a movie or a story about just being on tour and staying in the hotel room, being a roommate of Tupac on tour. Only I can tell that story because I'm the only person that ever did that on those tours the whole time. So nobody can tell that story but me if I ever wanted to tell it. I can't even imagine <laughs> those stories. You know what I mean? <laughs> rated yeah. R or rated? I don't know. I don't know what rating they would get, right? It would be every rate. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. And I, I'd imagine when you guys were on stage, just the shows you guys would do. I mean, you know, and you got the, the blow up dolls, right? There was never a time you guys had those on stage too. Yeah. Some yeah, of the stage shows. The yep. We had the dolls on stage. 
Man, just crazy, crazy. You're a San Francisco 49er fan. and uh, Absolutely. Are you still bummed out about the Super Bowl? Are you over it? Or are you still uh, hoping that this year they'll be just as good and get that game in their in their pocket here, get that get that win? Well, one, I'm hoping that... We don't even know it's going to start. Yeah, right. Yeah, that there is a season. But, you know, I was absolutely bummed about the Super Bowl because, you know, being a football fan for so long, I know it's not easy to get to a Super Bowl. So just because you went to one and you have a good team doesn't mean that you're going to make it back. No, I'm a Bears fan. I know that all too well. Right. So, you know, you can have you can have a great a great. So I believe that that was an opportunity that we had because we were up 10 with seven minutes left to go. Ah. Like with with that defense, who was supposed to be the star of our team, you know, that was supposed to be the, the signature of our team. You know what I mean? So imagine the 85 Bears being up 10 in seven minutes. You're like, hell no, nobody's <laughs> Not on that defense, no. Right. So And, it, and it, sh- it should have been the same way. But then also I appreciate that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a special quarterback. He did it. Yeah, he went right and when it was so, needed. So, yep. So I can't, I can't take that away from them. But, you know, what gives me solace and that I'm kind of happy about, I feel like, our front office is doing the right things to be competitive for like the next six years or so. So even if I'm in my mind, I believe in the next five or six years, we'll win one. It may not be this upcoming year, but we'll be competing. And I think we'll crack it, you know, before, before John Lynch and Shanahan are done. I I think we'll, we'll catch one. Yeah. It's hard to imagine you guys not getting back to at least a championship game and maybe even a couple Super Bowls. And I would love the bears and the 49ers to once again, go at it like they did back when I was growing up. Well, if you guys get a, (laughs) we got a quarterback issue here. So (laughs) yeah. Trubisky and uh, what's his name from the Eagles? Yeah. Nick, Nick Foles is in the, yeah, he's part of the team now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think you guys have a, have a, a nice defense right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if you guys get the quarterback thing together, you'll be competitive. So there is a chance that we um, may see you guys in the playoffs. We we don't play you this year, though. Oh, that's right. Season. Right. We don't. Nah. We play the um, NFC East and we play the AFC East. I just so hope that they get the season going. I can't wait to see it, man. It, we need sports right now with this uh, COVID-19 thing going on. There's no baseball or basketball. Yeah. And it's crazy, yeah, man. I'll, I'll, I'll even take the no fans yeah. games. You know, I just want to see it at this point. So, you know, that's what it do. Yeah, I, 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 I was hurt after that Super Bowl. Plus, had they won, you know, because every year I put like I put like a hundred bucks on the for like the last twenty some years. I put uh-huh. like a hundred bucks or a hundred dollars or whatever I can on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. This year I put one fifty and it was like eighteen to one. So. I'd have won like three grand if they would have won. Oh man! <laughs> so I was, I was bumming. You're feeling good for three quarters, <laughs> or more oh, than man, that. I more was, than that. <laughs> I was, I was spending it like a motherfucker. <laughs> you already had mind. big plans for that money. <laughs> oh, I had it. I was like, baby, we going to Vegas. There it is. But before I let you go, I got to talk about Raw Fusion. We're going to play that song, Navi Head Ninja. Sure. Talk about, you know, you and, like you said, you and Fuse had that group together before Digital Underground. Uh, you guys right. had some some classic songs, man. Throw your hands in the air and rock into the PM. Just talk about, do you guys do anything anymore? Can we hear more new music from Digital Underground, from you, any, anything like that? Well, somebody asked me recently, 
is a way to get another Raw Fusion album. Maybe not an album, but me and Fuse are still very close friends, and he still DJs in the Bay Area. So I know that if ever I needed him to scratch on one of my records, and you know, if I if I really pushed him and said, "Man, just do a beat," you know, but but Fuse actually got some tracks he did even back then that we never released. That oh, okay. I, I think I think it stand up today if I put new lyrics on them, right? You know, the Raw Fusion thing is 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 still a possibility in my mind. Just because we, you know, we, we communicate, we still communicate, collaborate with ideas. We, we, if I'm in the Bay, I stay at his house. When he's here, he stays with, with me. We still perform together time to time. So we're still united. Shock recently or presently is um, in Florida with his family. And he's kind of just exploring, you know, the different things that he wants to do. He kind of took a hiatus and a break from performing and recording as Digital Underground. And so he kind of left those duties performing-wise up to myself and Young Hump. We are the current configuration. Oh, okay. Uh, money being Young Hump of Digital Underground is how we go out. Or, you know, and sometimes, very rarely, we go out as Digital Underground, but it's myself, DJ Fuse, and Pee Wee, who are, both, who are original members with myself, along with Young Hump. So we'll be in, um, we're performing in Milwaukee. Oh, that's not far. So, that's like 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You should come there. We're, we're performing in Milwaukee. And we were initially, we were supposed to, perf- funny, we were scheduled to perform at some festival, whatever. In Milwaukee, it was like March 21st, right? And then the, this whole quarantine thing hit. Yeah. And so, that show is being rescheduled. You know, if you just kind of pay attention or even just follow me on my Instagram at moneyb69, um, when that show happens, you'll definitely, you know, I'll definitely be promoting it. And that's really, I want to tell everybody, like with everything, I have my radio show, the Going Way Back show with Money B, which is classic hip hop, raw and uncut. Uh, the YouTube channel is where I do a weekly report. We do the old school new news. And then right now, every week on my IG live, I do a, interview with the classic artists you know i got casual from hieroglyphics yeah i saw that tomorrow yeah. um special ed next week um just got the confirmation i'm gonna do diamond d from digging in the crates crew the following week after that so those are the type you know i had um prince marky d from the fat boys uh i had freeway from state's property two weeks ago the real freeway ricky ross last week um yeah kwame too right and kwame. i had kwame yep yeah so you know, those are the type of artists that I bring on the cats that help sculpt and, and make this classic music that we still enjoy doing that. I got the, the digital underground merchandise, which is dumerch.com and I have nine tees which is, you know, classic hip hop artists from the 90s and 80s merch like uh, Cypress Hill, PMD, Big Daddy Kane, Kumo D, uh, Busy B, Bone Thugs and Harmony. And a bunch of others, and, and we're picking, you know, we're, we're growing the roster, right? So all of these things that I mentioned, you know, you can find on Instagram or you can go direct to the website. But if you just follow me on Instagram at MoneyB69 or tap in with the Digital Underground fan page on Facebook, then um, you know, you'll be up on everything I do. There it is. I, I know it's a lot, right? That's no, no, not really. <laughs> I've had people on just here who gave like you know ten minute answers about how to find their stuff. So <laughs> you're good, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying I, I gave you the simple answer of where to find me because there, you know, there are other platforms like all of everything I just mentioned has a, its own Facebook page. But if you just follow one, you'll get the information about all. You know, just keep it simple.
There it is. Yeah, you're really active on Instagram, and that's how I found out about your show. What you know, you had Prince Marky D on there. I was like, man, this is awesome. IG Live. The good thing about this COVID nineteen is that it's letting people be more creative in how they bring themselves to their fans and people following them on social media. So you definitely uh, represent. So big up. Well, I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. no doubt. Yo, uh, thanks for coming on this uh, podcast with me. I really appreciate it, man. You know, been a fan ever since the beginning. So it was a, it was an honor to talk to you, Money B. I really appreciate it, man. Oh man, I appreciate you. No doubt, well, man. Let's get it, baby. Once again thanks to money b for coming on the podcast it was a real honor to talk to him let's go ahead and play a song from his group raw fusion this here is nappy head ninja off of their first album here on the infinite banter podcast hey yo mud you dissing curls but man how you living nappy nappy just like my pappy my lips are kind of full Smacky, smacky, a light skin complexion I guess I'm kinda cool, I got a pool of freckles sprinkled on my face I bet you never figured it out would make it Now just look at the pops that I get Mom and pops, your babies come a long way Remember the projects? North Philly, really, it was not a lengthy stay for me I went to LA, Indies, home, I roamed and people prayed for me But now I'm at the pace, and here come the fakes Run up, giving mother fake grins and sending me fan shakes I might forgive her, don't forget and won't waver So now you wanna be deep with me? Do yourself a favor, save it Where I fold the next chapter, grab it Cause Ronald Scarlett, Mike and Stevie David won't have it I laugh it, the brothers back in the day Said I was faking it, but now I'm on the scene with ice cream and eating cake with it. I can't dig a pig, not even a smidgen, and I don't follow any particular type of religion. All it does is separate. Love the God that works for me, so I don't care what sex. Please forget about converting me. You can't penetrate my military sort of viewpoint, and so I crack a 40. I might hit the joint. I put seven up in a cup for my T-Ray, especially on September 22nd. That's my B-Day. Not the tall at all, so I get shorty is my code name. Weigh about a buck and a quarter, and I might just all change. You just wanted me to go to war, but I would go nowhere. Cause yo, I be looking out, but I ain't Trying to go there I don't go out at all But it's my all I give no lesson I guess I'm just a student Cause life is filled with questions I'm looking for answers The son of a panther For those in pop radio I'm the original Humpty Dancer But I left the dance steps For razzle dazzle So I can throw blows Like end up Because it has you loaded You wanna come with that head Then I'll explode it As long as you know that I'm just a nappy headed ninja You know I'm just a nappy headed ninja I'm just a nappy headed baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm a nappy headed ninja. I write rhymes, relay them to tape, and then I put it out. They get it, I choose to wear, it's kinda loose, I feel good about myself. Sure, but what for your back when I was busting it? You play me like Genesis. What's this? You're rushing it, I'm crushing it. Dream, scheme, all effective tense. Forget about getting my funds, you dumb dumb. I hate a pimp, I've never been a trick, but I kick it like a putter. And hunt you down and climb you there, cause I don't want ya. So when I place the drop top on the new side, you better believe I won't stop, yo. Here's the peace side, take it like you get it, and stick it on your mail. You don't care, oh yeah, I tell you what, I give a damn too. Females, you come a dime a dozen, love me, hate me, I never ever was in a position to sweat you, I gotta bend a few chicks cause I'm a freak and I'm sneaky like a tennis shoe, fellas, grab your girlfriends, you better lock them down, I just got off stage, I'm afraid, she's jocking now, the dog of me is out, you can tell my tail is wagging, I'm tagging all skins in the end, but I ain't bragging, I'm kinda riding on a metal trip, but we can do this, cause my crew is on some ogre fellowship, knuckleheads, you gotta live with this, you'll be pissed but don't rip, but insist that you're dissed by nappy headed ninja. You know, huh. I'm just a nappy-headed Cause I'm a nappy-headed ninja Cause I'm a nappy-headed ninja You
what's up? This your boy, the legendary Cool Rock Ski from the legendary Fat Boys. I'm here on Infinite Banter, and we're going to rock the house. Yes, sir. I said it earlier, I wanted to talk about some Star Wars news that came out. And, you know, I'm a Star Wars geek. Love the Mandalorian series that was on Disney+. Plus. If you haven't watched that, go check it out right now. It's really good. Season 2 has already been announced that Rosario Dawson is going to play Ahsoka Tan, which is great. If you watch the Clone Wars animated series, she's a huge character on there. And she's yet to have a live-action appearance in any of the movies or anything like that. So this is going to be great. But the bigger news, and if you watch the episode called The Gunslinger, at the end of the episode, there's a character comes out you don't really get to see who it is a lot of speculation was that it was Boba Fett and apparently it was and the guy who played Django in the Attack of the Clones is coming back to play Boba Fett in this series coming up this is just awesome news I don't know how they're gonna do it it's just gonna be like a one shot like a cameo appearance and maybe he'll get his own show like a spinoff you got to find out how he got out of the Sarlacc pits all these things but I am excited the Mandalorian is where it's at the movies have been kind of lacking but this show right here does not let down and hopefully having these two characters will really take this show to the next level so i'm really excited i hope it doesn't take away too much from the mandalorian and baby yoda at the same time but great news here to sokatan and boba fett are going to appear in the show and uh, I, I can't be more more ecstatic about it most star wars geeks love boba fett and they always hated how he was taken out in return of the jedi so to see him come back long overdue and mad excited to see that time for you to leave assholes all right you heard the man kirk Acevedo said it's time to go once again big big up to money b check out du merch nineteestees.com and check him out on Instagram moneyb69 follow him on there and see what he's up to all the latest things he's doing and definitely check out his IG live talk to some legends in the game casual he said he had special ed coming up Diamond D so really excited to watch that and once again big shout out to Money B coming on the show here once again you can check out the show on all digital platforms and follow me on Twitter at Infinite Banter or at DJ Soundwave 75 Instagram same thing at DJ Soundwave 75 or Infinite banter podcast facebook same thing infinite banter youtube clips of the show will be there just search for infinite banter all right before we get out of here we'll play one last song from money b if you go to dumerch.com there's a free download for a song called free but not freestyle and this is it right here if you like this song which you should go to dumerch.com check out this song it's a free download there's a coupon for merch make sure you check it out don't sleep big up to money b thanks everyone for checking out the show i'll check you on the next one i'm out what it do Boy, Money B, 2019 and beyond. That's right. Sort of like a freestyle, but ain't none of us really free. All we can do is just keep pushing, you know what I'm saying? Here we go. The vocal tone so raspy, it supersede the flow. Packed with flavor and savory, so I feed it slow. You see me blow out here with insane lethal. It's so hard to push culture and entertain the people. Keep a lyrical clip in case any tries. I'm dope, cut your career short like Lenny Bias. Rap lines more heavenly than your Dimmy guys. Waves on you like cheeseburgers and plenty fries. If that hood shit suits you, I got many ties. Hit your like when they let this shit from the semi fly. Stay raw and cook a rapper, saute him. Wordplay make them look away like oh, For me to answer they DM I charge a booking fee yeah. Bird box them a suicide if they look at me Say it frame like commuter trains I'm coming through Even God got that bracelet What would money do? Gave my life to the game Never get my credit nah. Now she cheat with these lame niggas This cosmetic Coach yeah. frames Man purses Louis blouse Look cute Get knocked out Ronda Rouse uh-huh. I just call it like I smell it And hope that you can vibe and feed off it Like an umbrella 
Help you through this reality we created And what you thought was a real nigga is outdated That's right His pants tight, can't read, can't write Stupid. No respect and no direction, he can't life Damn. Trump the ball and keeping the money in the hood That's where I start and finish, support my brother's business yeah. See if it costs 20, I give him 20 But most of y'all can look at your own and spend the money Spend the 20 And not you glorified, be horrified When your rockets gay, don't dare voice it, you sure to buy Mental change, they glare brighter than gold or platinum they know we all got aspirations, they try to snatch them But I'm a slave to the rhythm, brighter days who be living for I pray that you get them In this lifetime I'ma push full throttle and let the clutch pop I'll let you argue what's really popping and what's not Stop. Give a hater a gun, he gon' bust shots Cause once told keep my head up and I trust pop Yeah, push it full throttle And we can do it cause we got him And y'all just remember, freedom ain't free But my probation thing gon' be alright Thank you.